Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The Path Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the Path. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. What inspires you? What inspires you about Dr. King's dream or about what he taught from the movement? Tenacity, passion, the community, the community, patience, courage, sacrifice. You know, all those are very spiritual attributes, very spiritual attributes. And those are attributes that we need to pass on to the next generation. Those are attributes that we need to help our children understand. You know, when we were kids, it was so easy to look at TV and imagine a world being different. It was so easy to see those figures on ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, realize life was simpler then. We know TV went off at what time? First of all, did TV go off? Yeah, you know, and it's hard to believe that at one point in time, you heard the Star Spangled Banner saw the American flag, and that meant go to bed. (laughs) That meant go to bed. Oh, okay, what do we got here? What what is your favorite family sitcom, Good Times, The Proud Family, The Cosby Show? And we're talking about The Cosby Show. We're not talking about any character who played in The Cosby Show. We're just talking about the show itself. Blackish, okay. So the Cosbys are still the winners of that. You know, um, and we looked at those families and we dreamed and we wondered, wow, what it could be like. And we know many of us in the real families, it was struggling. It was challenging. You know, half of this country's families, we eventually break up. Half of the marriages will end up in divorce. Half of the children in our nation, especially in black families, grow out without ever experiencing a father being in the home. Breakdown of the family is a crisis. And you know what we're trying to do as a church is make a difference. We're trying to make a difference. And I I just want to say I'm proud of the men and women in this church who fight to have family, who fight to keep, to be involved, to stay engaged with their children. Because you know when we do it God's way, first of all, Man did not come up with family. God created family. So whatever God creates, we have to look at the biblical instructions of how God wants our families to operate. So, you know, um, our kids get to experience love. They get to experience hope. They get to experience, although life is tough, there's rejection. They can come home. They can come to this church and be a part of a family who loves and believes in them. And for all those who serve in our children's ministry, I personally want to say thank you. Thank you so much for our children having a great experience. So I wanted wanted my beautiful wife to share some things because she works tirelessly with making sure that our children's ministry, our coordinators, our teachers, and our kids have what they need. Okay, so Share the Dream Sunday Family Edition. We don't have the students here. We don't have the singles here, but we have the Lord here, right? And we have the energy here today. The families are here. The families are online. We're, we're so grateful to be together. Do we have any grandmas in the room? Okay, a new grandma. 
We got mothers, we got fathers, we got aunties. We got, we got new mothers, expected mothers, Victoria, woo! We also got Pawpaw. We got Pawpaw, <laughs> expected dads. We got children, do we have anybody, any children in the room? We're all children, right? We got babies, and we're all somebody's children, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we don't have to look far. We can watch the news and tell the, our, our world mm -hmm. needs prayer, and our world needs impact, uh, people who will impact families. If you don't have children, there are children that you can impact for God, like Mike said. So I usually say, well, we'll start with, what is your dream for your family? What is your dream for your family? You can, you can shout it out, even if you don't want to put it. <laughs> to get one. Okay. Anybody okay, else? Amen. What's your dream for your family? <laughs> Hands went up with that one. To get one. Heaven. Anybody else? What's your dream for your family? To be saved. Freedom from worry, love. Yeah, if we're in a family, and truthfully we all are, whether we have children or not, we have hopes and we have dreams. It's not just about us. Uh, we, the things that we're talking about today, they can apply to you, whether you have children from the ages of two, two to 22, whether you're married, not married. These are all biblical principles that apply to all of us. Uh, I say, we say, as you look at that, honey. Let's go to the next slide. The world is Satan's playground. The mind is man's battleground. And the home is God's training ground. Mm. Your home is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Whether you have kids or not, whether you're married or not. Now, Psalm 127 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are precious. How many of y'all believe that? Children are precious. They're wonderful, especially when they're newborn and they smell good and they smile at you and they giggle all the time. But they're just wonderful, even when they're teenagers. They are what, right, teenagers? Yes, they're wonderful. Well, amen. <laughs> they are, yes. But we definitely are in difficult times yes. where if you make one mistake, if you click one wrong button, mm -hmm. you could make a, the mistake of your life, right? If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you could lose your life. Mm -hmm. We're in difficult times. The world is evil, but the world has always been evil. Old That's Testament right. times, New Testament times. But what can we do? Like, we can't put our families in a bubble. Do you feel like that? Sometimes you want to put your family in a bubble and just protect your family and keep your family home and keep your family safe. We kind of got that. We got that through COVID. But in general, I can be that way. We can't really live that way. But we can trust our, our parent, the greatest parent who there ever was, God, to teach us how to parent, how to lead our families so that we can be victorious in this dark world. So Mike and I have two adult children whom we love, we adore. And um, through the process of, of parenting, we have learned a whole lot. And we have made a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. Yep. Any parents in the room? Yep. Okay, have you made mistakes? Yep. It's not over, okay? But we know that God <laughs> redeems our mistakes. And in preparing for this time, I asked our kids, we asked our children uh, two questions. We said, is there anything that you can remember 
uh, that we did growing up that helped you, okay? Alexis said you tried very hard to be like Christ at home and at church. You were not hypocrites, and you made family night a focus and a priority. My son said, and if you know him, you'll get this, he said, Jesus, 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 and Jesus, okay? <laughs> then we also asked them uh, to share anything that was not helpful while growing up, okay? Lexi said she felt there was an expectation of being on at all times for others. She also said that she felt an expect expectation to live out my convictions when they were not hers, and that I was overbearing when it came to the clothes issue. Amen, I think I was. <laughs> Can you wear something? Teenage girls and clothes, Lord be with us. Yeah, girls and clothes, right, girls? Girls and clothes. I, I will say I was overboard, definitely. I, I was definitely overboard with that. Uh, Layla's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My son said, y'all were perfect. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Although I know he has more to say, his first response was, y'all were perfect. Okay, I know why he says I that. I know why he says that. I know that. why he says that. <laughs> but on this training ground, we have learned so much. We don't come at you as the experts of parenting. We come at you as we have, we're slide, like we, we're just through the fire. <laughs> we made it through the fire. And we're still in the process. And it has been the hardest job that we have ever had. But the most, what would parents say? Rewarding. Mm -hmm. The most fulfilling. Mm -hmm. The most important. The most amazing. Any parents relate to that? Amen. Next scripture is Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. To raise the next generation... What is the overarching dream? Well, really, these three, what's God's dream? We know what the American dream is. We know what Dr. King's dream was. What is God's dream? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. You know, we asked earlier the dream we have for our families, and I want to say it was inspiring to see the answers. Very spiritual. The answers, spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. Now, someone said freedom from worry. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Freedom from worry. You know, in all things, God is doing what? Working for the good of those who love him. Does it always feel good? But is God working? And what is his desire? To be, for us to be conformed in the likeness of his son. So I'm teaching 18 year olds this semester and, and um, you know, freshmen. And I say, guys, let me help you with something. So much of your life, you try to escape pain. You try to escape pain. But it's only when you experience pain that you know something is wrong. 
you know there's a problem when there's pain. The physicians will tell you that. Pain, and I don't like pain. I don't want to experience pain. But sometimes in our walk with God, God will allow us to go through pain, not because he doesn't like us or he's forgotten us, but what does it say? He predestined us. He decided this is what it's going to take for you to become more like my son. And I think as a parent, the thing we want to do, we want to protect our children, and we don't want them to experience pain. I don't want. I don't want. And I think my generation, if you're in your 50s, we worked really, really hard to give our children what we didn't have. We worked really, really hard to make sure that they had everything they needed to be successful. And I think some of that was because our parents didn't do that for us. They didn't have the resource. Not They loved us, but they only had but so much. And I think what our generation did, we went the extra mile. And we have these millennials now. And that's another sermon for another day. We love our children because we wanted them to have the best. And I think what we got to understand, when we've done the best we could do, we really got to leave it in God's hands. Got to leave it in God's hands. And everybody will get a turn at parenting. The next generation, they have their opportunity. And we get to be the grandparents. I see why Michelle was so happy. They're just cheering. <laughs> yeah, to raise the next generation. What is it going to take for families? And this is going to sound pretty simple, right? But the point is, we got to be present. We got to be present and fully engaged. So Ephesians 6, you all know this scripture. It says, the children can probably re recite it for us. I should have had you up here. <laughs> children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I just love that Paul addresses the children, the parents, everybody in the scripture. Uh, can, you can just imagine a group out there, and he's actually saying, children, obey. There's a spiritual expectation for our children and for our parents and for all of us to submit under the lordship of Christ. So obey means listen in such a way that you can hear and respond. Mm. And God expects us as his children to listen in such a way that we can hear and respond. Children should not be raising themselves. It's not about just grow and do it. We'll see whatever, whatever you want to do. Kind of let, let, let grow and whatever you want to do. Because we, we see right here that, man, there's some deep involvement here. If the, the command is obey your parents, that means there's got to be some teaching going on and some training going on. I love the way the scripture says it. Bring them up. You're all bringing up a family somewhere, nephews, nieces, in the community, at a school. Maybe you teach. Maybe you impact teenagers. You're bringing them up, but not to please you. It says in the instruction of the Lord. That sounds like work to me. Does that sound like work to y'all? And we have a lot of work already, right? We work full time. We work to put food on the table. We're already tired. And sometimes when we get home, 
The folks at home get the leftovers, when really our most important job is home. Where we should be showing up is home. Whether we have to take a nap before we go meet that husband to, to you know, have our time together, we do that. But home is the training ground for life. Okay, bring them up, teaching and training. Teach is to verbally impart truth, and train is to apply those teachings day by day. All of us need all of that teaching and training. And according to Deuteronomy 6, the Bible says, we're to do this teaching and training every day in all situations, when we're home, when we're hanging out, when we're shopping, when we're at school, in the business world, at bedtime, in the morning. We teach our children how the word applies to their lives, okay? Don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit will guide you and teach you and give you the words and prompt you on what to say, what to ask about, how to say it, what scripture to use. So I'm so grateful for the PATH Church. I'm so grateful for this church and all the individuals in this church. I'm so grateful that we get to come here. I would say make it a godly habit to bring your family to church. Amen. There ain't no dream happening if we don't start with our families. Right. Right? Bring your family. Yes, your kids will not feel like coming to church from time to time. You don't say, all right, what do you feel like? All right, do what you think. Do what you want. You are the godly authority in your family. You lead your family. Your husband leads your family. And so, yeah, we kids went to church every Sunday of every our lives Sunday. as long as they weren't sick. <laughs> We were there and had to teach them how to make it a priority because of what we wanted, mm -mm. because of what God says. So the first person they learn to obey are their parents, but that is preparation for them to learn how to obey God. Amen. So guess when it starts? It starts in the womb. It starts in the womb. As you start praying over your in the over your child in the womb, it starts before that. As you start thinking about building a family, and you start thinking about what you want it to look like, it's it's in your extended family. Like our reach isn't just within our walls, right? We have extended families that we want to bring to Christ. So we got to start thinking spiritually about all of it and let the Holy Spirit guide it. Like I said, I'm grateful for Path Kids. It's 90 minutes a week, 90 minutes. So the church is not gonna be accountable for your kids' spirituality. Path kids will not be accountable. Guess who's the number one teacher in a family? Right, amen. Is me, is me. And it's, let me just say something really quickly. The time of having small kids at home goes by so fast, right families? Mm -hmm. In a blink of an eye, it goes by so fast. So you want to make the most of every opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss it pursuing other dreams. We, we are very, like, we we're on it. Like, we got dreams in here, all of us, us included, right? I understand that. But sometimes what we saw is that we're letting this dream consume us and losing the dream of our family that we get only one shot at. 
and that happens in one season where we really need to focus. Mm -hmm. You know, American families get just 37 minutes of quality time per day, according to research. What I say earlier, the world is Satan's playground, mm -hmm. and we're getting 37 minutes of quality time with your husband, with your family per day, right? 30% uh, of middle schoolers have considered suicide. You don't want to miss what's happening with your child, right, with your family. So for a child, uh, love is spelled, you've heard this, T-I-M-E. Love is spelled time. And so I, I used to say that it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. I used to say that, you've heard that. I no longer agree with that. <laughs> Sometimes it is about the quantity. Mm -hmm. In different seasons, your family's gonna need more. With different children, your child may need more time with you, not less. You know, those of you that have daughters, small daughters, they need time for dates with their daddy. If you have sons, they need alone time with their mamas. It just takes prioritizing time. It might mean putting the phone down. Oh, my goodness. Right? It might mean turning IG. the television off mm. so we can look in the eyes of our family members, so we can tell what something's off, so we can smell them. Children need you to be able to look at them when they come home, know something is wrong, smell them, feel them, notice, we got to talk about something. And they need daily conversations, the planting and the watering. They also need us to model what we're talking about, right? Model what we're, we're talking about. The next scripture is follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. My goodness. Paul was very bold in saying, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There are a lot of examples out there for our families to follow. Lots, lots of examples out there. Your, your kids are, they're seeing these, the world examples, people they want to be like. Yeah, they're imitating they somebody. Imitate, mm -hmm. They're imitating somebody. You want to be bold at saying, kids, follow my example as I follow Christ. Now, were we the example in everything? No. no. But that's what the community is about. Right. If we're not the example of it, we can find somebody out there. Hey, Roland is really great at this. Look at his example. Hey, Melissa, she's so kind. And that's not my strength. Look at Melissa. Like, we've got to find godly examples for our children to follow. But guess what? It's not do what I say and not what I do. You ever hear that? We used, to hear, we used to get told that. Just do what I say mm -hmm. and not what, I, not what I'm doing. Does that work now? No. No. Your kids are watching. Your family's watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your extended family's watching. They're watching what you say. They're listening to what you say, and they're watching what you do. So I'm happy Alexis said, man, you try really hard to be the same person at home and at school. Yes, because that would have really been a shame. We would have been trying church. to be disciples in mm -hmm. the church. I'm mm -hmm. saying, at, be disciples and going home cursing each other out. Mm -hmm. If you don't want your kids to curse, guess Stop what? Stop cussing. Stop cussing. <laughs> Do not be cussing at home. If you want a great attitude at home, guess what you have to model? Attitude, good attitude. If you're looking at your husband like, 
you get on my nerves. I'm going to tell you in front of my kids how I feel about you. You just messed up well, every day. You don't take the garbage out. You are no good Husbands, man. you got to be like Jesus. Yes. Turn the other cheek. If you do that to your spouse or anybody in your house, guess what your kids are going to do? <laughs> the same thing. So we got to model it and build that relationship. I'll say the relationship is the glue. It's the glue. It's the part that makes the things you teach stick. My relationships with my kids have had to be worked on. Mm -hmm. They still do. Because are all your kids like you? Very different, right? And they're different from each other. So we're spending a lifetime working on our relationship. And now that our kids are older, we're still working on relationships because our children, they always will need influence, example. Well, she's 30. Yeah, she still needs influence example, love. And, and let me interject this. I think sometimes the thing that bugs us about our kids the most is that stuff we, that's inside of us and we readily spot it in them and it's like, ah. And it's like looking in the mirror. DNA. DNA, that's what it is, DNA. Now some of us, as we close, as we close, some of us, we have um, tried our hardest. Mm -hmm. We have children out there that we're not in communication with. We have children that, you know, we, some of us, we're in a hard family situation. We got situations going on. Things we feel guilty about. Things that, like, man, we were talking about up here, and you're like, man, I'm failing. I'm just, I'm just not doing. Some of us are like, I, I'm not. In, I wasn't raised by the type of family that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's a good saying, I think we skipped over it, but it's like we're born, it says we're born looking like our parents and we die looking like our decisions. So the good news about that is that no matter what we're born into, we can all get to, we all get to have opportunities in life to make decisions, to become disciples, become different people. I'm born to alcoholics, but I got to choose not to be an alcoholic mm -hmm. because of God's grace and God's mercy. So I would just say for all of us, all of this has to be covered over in prayer. Amen. It all has to be covered over in prayer. You know, Dr. King had a quote, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. We accept disappointment. Um, as we get ready to close out, I thought about something. I went to visit my mom couple of months ago and we're just talking about our family family tree and um my mother was raised by her maternal grandmother who was a church lady her mother was an alcoholic so i knew my grandmother growing up but we really didn't like her because she would come over she would be drunk you know it just was wasn't a good setup wasn't a good situation and i remember one day my grandmother was in her 50s she came over to our house and she apologized. And she said, I'm sorry for the person I have been. And she invited us to her baptism. And I remember as a young teen going to see my grandmother baptized in a river. And then afterwards, she came over to visit. But every time she came to visit, she had her Bible and she talked about God. And her life radically changed, but because of her alcoholism, she didn't live that long. But I thought about it because her mother was a church lady. 
Her mother died before she saw her daughter change. She never saw it. And when I thought about this quote here, some of us, we're wrestling with disappointment because we feel like our adult children, they don't get it. They don't see it. Are we patient enough with God that maybe we may not see that they get it one day? Can we trust that if we've done our best, if we have laid that foundation, we have watered those seeds, God is in control. I don't want us to be shackled by Satan. I don't want us to feel defeated. Like I said, I just want us to do the best that we can do and trust that God's Holy Spirit is always working. You know, um, struggle, disappointments. Jesus had to wrestle with disappointment in the garden. And it looked like the plan had failed when he was nailed on the cross. But God wasn't done yet. And that resurrection story is about God has the final say. As we take communion right now, I want us to reflect on no matter what we're going through in our lives, with our family, with our children, or what we've gone through growing up in a family where we've struggled with disappointment, let us never lose hope. That's what the dream is about, hope. Let's go to God in prayer. Father and God, we come before you right now. And God, I must confess, I struggle with disappointment, God. I, I must confess there are times when it's painful and it's not the plan that I had or had hoped it would be. But I want to thank you so much for your son who set the example, God, that he trusted you all the way to the cross and knew that you were resurrecting from the dead. As we take communion today, dear God, I want our hearts to be filled with gratitude for the example that Jesus set. That really, if as individuals, as a church, as a nation, we can follow your son's example, this place would be radically different, God. Thank you for the, the blood that was shed, dear God, the body that was broken. But most of all, thank you for the resurrection. And we ask these prayers in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.